Hey, if you think you might be lost because you got lots of your thoughts, I'll be informed. Or if you're feeling like a fool, cause you've been used just like a tool since you were born. Hey, if you're trying to get through life, then friend, I've got some great advice for not growing horns. They say that ignorance is bliss, but if you knew, then you'd be pissed, so get informed. Thank We're back. Ah, oh no, there's one yeah. other news item. I'm so sorry. I uh, my my transition. Derek Chauvin is on trial. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. So sorry. <laughs> um, the Derek Chauvin trial, after weeks of jury selection and also moving the trial to a different county. <laughs> they always do that. Like it's it's a wider county. Over, they won't know what happened. Like they won't have seen the murder. I'm well, thinking. it's a it's a wider county, and mm-hmm. the thought process is that they'll be more pro cop. Yeah. Because yeah. okay, so, jury tampering, okay, or it's essentially it's not jury, jury tampering. Tam- it's well, it's not jury tampering tampering if it's in jury selection. You're first tampering and foremost, with the sample size. Second, yeah, according exactly. to some hearsay that I heard, um, which <laughs> I'm just going to Google real quick so that um, um, it's not jury tampering if jury tampering is legal in this country. <laughs> you can throw out a juror for any fucking reason. It's not jury tampering. You can indeed. Um, yep. Hang on now. Uh, we're going to move oh, this out. I'm, I'm going to read out the questions that were asked to potential jurors for the George Floyd trial. And if you answer these wrong, you're considered biased, too biased to be a juror. Okay? I don't know how to answer these. Honestly, I think I can swing it. <laughs> I'm so worried. Discrimination is not as bad as the media makes it out to be. <laughs> Wait, what? Repeat, 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 repeat. Uh, discrimination is not as bad as the media makes out to be. Okay, true! Put me on the screen. This is, again, this is the official questionnaire. Wait, Don't these cancel questions me. questions kind of feel biased, right? Blacks and like, other minorities do not awesome. receive equal treatment as whites in, in the criminal justice system. That's the way it was phrased? That I'm reading it verbatim. <laughs> okay, so... Police in this country it. treat whites and blacks equally. Stop. I, it makes me so upset. I, Remember, if you agree with any of these, uh, you're biased and you can't be on the jury. Uh, police in my community make me feel safe. If you answer this a certain way, you're, you're biased saying, and you're not on the jury. <laughs> I, I support defunding the Minneapolis Police Department. Mm. Yeah. Minneapolis police officers are more likely to respond with force when confronting black suspects than when dealing with white suspects. So basically, Minneapolis Minneapolis police are hot and we should give them all high fives. What do you think about that? Because law enforcement officers have such dangerous jobs, it is not right to second guess decisions they make while on duty. Just, They're oh so my. hot. They should never take accountability for anything. The criminal justice system. Uh, <laughs> H. The criminal justice system is biased against racial and ethnic minorities. Do you think it's, video evidence means anything? Do you think if you saw a crime, it happened? I do, do not believe, trust the police. <laughs> do you believe that if someone fires a gun and it kills someone, that they murdered them? Oh, it gets much worse. <laughs> People oh. today do not give our law enforcement officers the, dis- the respect they deserve. <laughs> really? Oh, no, this sounds like a Facebook questionnaire. Like, a, like my, like someone. It sounds like something that Donald Trump would email you at 3 a.m. <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. <laughs> Requesting your support. Local police departments try to cover up excessive force rather than correct it. Yeah. They're talking about facts now. That's the thing is like. <laughs> That's true. Things. How did we get here? <laughs> 
And I think that news reports about police brutality against racial minorities is only the tip of the iceberg. So, and I quote from the New York Times article here, strong views are likely to result in disqualification. I think I know which strong views they're talking about. Mm, I have a feeling. What they consider a strong view. Um, On a serious note, this is illegal. Yeah, this is illegal. It's not though, and that's what's funny. (sighs) And by funny, I mean fucking terrible. Yeah, our justice system is really, really bad. Our justice system is hilarious. Also, it's super funny that they can just move the trial over counties to one that's like 5% less black. Yeah. Or 5% whiter. Yeah, and I'm sure that's also just a stalling technique. Because, like, this happened almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. So, like... Are you sworn under oath when you go and talk? Yeah. Oh, so you can't lie and be like... I'm altogether too biased to appear on a jury, so... um, Yeah, they wouldn't wouldn't want... I don't think they'd want any of us. We have a college education and believe in, like, equality. (laughs) Well, hey... Hey, certain people went to Harvard and um, the free market has taught them actually that their ideas are incredible and we don't respect our police enough actually. Certain Um, people went to schools that cost 80,000 a year and they believe that capitalism is good actually. Certain people had dads that went to Harvard and now they think (laughs) that they're special. Oh my fuck. I am those people. So well, I they are that. special. Um, their They're dad very went to special Harvard. little boys. <laughs> and Colin, you'd be happy to know you finished that last, uh, that last trial question just as the timer went off. I am so, so proud of you. Um, I will say also before we continue um, that the, uh, the, the, the defense of Derek Chauvin is making the argument that George Floyd died uh, because of drugs. Yeah. And that, and that what Derek Chauvin did was um, uh, what he was trained to do and thereby necessary, actually. Yeah, I was wondering what their defense could be. It was, oh, he was on that. drugs, actually. And so um, d- neck, neon neck was not what killed him, first and foremost. Yeah. And neon neck? Is that what it's called? Neon, no. Oh, neon neck. I Don't they have an autopsy report? Well, they have with an official they cause have, of death. They have uh, different autopsy reports that say different things. Of course, they do. How do you have different multiple autopsy? There were reports? there were multiple autopsy reports, and one said, uh, "All right, let's pull this up. Hang on." Um, okay, according to NPR, oh, he also had COVID. Um, no, no, they're not. They're um, not gonna. No, they're not gonna say he died of COVID, but he did okay. have it apparently just according mention to NPR. Um, <laughs> like at the time? Like maybe he could have died anyway. Like uh, Yeah, they're probably gonna argue. It's very like that's what they're trying like, to no, play in your if, brain. Like even if he had if, even if I hadn't murdered him, it would have been the drugs. So you know, like, but you still always, murdered him, so it doesn't really matter yeah. anything else that was happening. Also, you're just making stuff up. Oh, yeah. Just go to jail. <laughs> Just go to jail, dude. Accept it. Just mm-hmm. go to jail. <laughs> Did you guys see the footage of uh there were two uh inter- witnesses. I don't know why I said interviewees. There were two witnesses that said they felt the need to call the police on the police. And oh my God. when they asked about this, like why did you feel the need, they like they basically just said, like, you know why. Like, <laughs> they were committing crimes. They kind of just repeated the same sentence over again, like, well, clearly, I didn't feel like I could talk to them. <laughs> they were murdering someone. They didn't say that, but, like, I just, like, it's how? It's scary to, like, be a witness and be up in that trial. Because mm-hmm. you have to be choosing your words so carefully. So these, like, 
motherfuckers don't try to spin it again. They probably uh-huh. train them. Oh, no, their, I'm sure. Their attorneys are probably like, okay, this, this is, is the exact sentence you have to use. And like, we will not deviate We know from this is bullshit, but yeah. these are the phrases you mm-hmm. have to use. And that's I ridiculous. Would, I would also fear retaliation if I was yeah. anyone, like, for the prosecution. Well, um, I mean, like outside of the court, remember yeah. those like Ferguson organizers yeah. who were found dead in bombed out cars. Mm-hmm. Um, also, according to CBS News, uh, Dr. Alicia Wilson and Dr. Uh, Baker, uh, his first name is in here somewhere, but I'm not going to find it. Um, basically, there were there were two autopsies that that said different things. Uh, yeah, the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office said that Floyd died of, quote, cardiopulmonary arrest, culminating, uh, complicating law enforcement subdual restraint and neck compression. The manner of death was ruled homicide, but the office noted that, quote, is not a legal determina- a determination of culpability or intent. End quote. Uh, uh, this is CBS. A preliminary autopsy reported cited earlier uh, report cited earlier by the prosecutors said that the uh, county medical examiner's review quote revealed no physical findings that uh, support a diagnosis of traumatic asphyxia or strangulation. And then uh, the independent autopsy was conducted by uh, Wilson and Dr. Michael Baden. Uh, who is Wilson? Uh, Alicia Wilson. Um, uh, Baden is the former chief medical examiner for New York City, uh, who also did the autopsy of Eric Garner. And uh, Baden and uh, Baden said that Floyd died as a result of compression on his neck, uh, which interfered uh, interfered with blood flow and breathing. Uh, George died because he needed a breath, said Ben Crump, a lawyer representing Floyd's family. He needed a breath of air. End quote. Um, so essentially, uh, the Hennepin County, uh, the Hennepin County medical examiner's office said that Floyd experienced cardiopulmonary arrest while being restrained by the officer. So essentially the Hennepin County coroner says Floyd died because of underlying conditions that caused him to die while he was being restrained. Mm-hmm. While the other one, the other autopsy says, no, no, he died because knee. Yeah. Yeah. And so there are two conflicts. I'm sorry, Sarah, what did you say? Anyone who has eyeballs can see that. (laughs) I mean, you would imagine so. Anyone Um, who died from that. Like, I don't need to have a heart condition. Do you think that cops have it too hard in this country? (laughs) Oh, God. Um... Get off the fucking jury, Sarah. I'm sorry. Uh, you're too biased. That's <laughs> disgusting that you would bring that up. God. God. Um, also, we are actually going to move it um, one county over out of your neighborhood uh, to begin with. because no, Don't uh, worry about it. There's, there's too many women on this jury. Um, <laughs> and those are more likely to be critical toward police. Yeah, we got to go to the next podcast over. It's too many whams in here. <laughs> All right. So that was an incredibly long, uh, a not very detailed, and an extremely dark news section. Oh, boy. Let's get darker. Uh, well, oh. one more point on advertising, if no one else has. Go for it, please. Uh, just like another simple statement he makes that I was like, yes, this is true, and I can't believe I wasn't able to say this before. But... It's all about the ratings, which means that you base your news content on audience retention rather than its actual importance and relevancy to your viewers. That was a good one. Yeah. And now I'm just thinking about like the 24 hour news cycle and how, like, why are we relying so much on advertising to do like 24 hours of stuff? We don't really need 24 hours. And then we're making up stuff to fill the 24 hours and we need funding to fill the time. 
like yeah. afford the stuff that we Almost like made up. Way. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Like you're creating the problem. <laughs> well, li- go ahead, go ahead. Oh, Tucker Carlson is the most watched news segment in the United States. Don't call how, that does it, how does his show work? Does he just talk in front of the TV for like four hours? He's like live streaming. It's mostly hours. him like <laughs> essentially like YouTube reacting exactly. to various culture war bullshit. He's making a giant YouTube reaction video in 4K. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's a, it's a multi-million dollar YouTube wow. reaction video. Uh, and occasionally he interviews other fucking maniacs. Uh, and um, when we get to anti-communism, remind me uh, to talk about the maniacs because I have a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then he just sort of, as they're talking, he just stares listlessly into the camera, furrowing his forehead in like a... A sort of apish mockery of listening, um, and then uh, like the air of Tyson Chicken. Correct. That would okay. be fitting. Oh my. Let's God. just remember. Well, no, that. it's uh, it's it's <laughs> microwave dinners is his yeah. big thing. Is he's an incredibly wealthy special little boy, um, and he oh. makes all his money by basically being Alex Jones with a slightly better filter. And on Fox, right? Like this man has. He's not just Joe Blow. Correct. Oh, oh, no, no the, the most watched. Yeah. yeah. And might I also add that Fox News is the most obvious of the consent manufacturing uh, arms because it was created to prevent another Nixon style Watergate impeachment in the 90s. Mm-hmm. That's what it was made for. I feel like I vaguely remember that when I listened the, to the Rush Limbaugh episode of Behind yeah. the Bastards and they were yep. talking about Fox News and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, the question was, would Nixon have been impeached if the Republican Party had a sympathetic news organization? To yeah. Uh, yeah. And the question yeah. unilaterally was, uh, and the answer unilaterally was no. And that was basically the inception of Fox News was how can we get away with crimes manufacturing consent yeah 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 they read this book and they said i guys i have some ideas like, wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> hold the phone it's like a playbook and yeah and that's what's so damaging about fox news is you know it after the oh god what was it called you listened to the behind the masters uh, the, the uh the rule that made it so that you had oh, to be the equal like the equal fairness act the equal fairness yeah, the, the, the fairness doctrine fairness doctrine yeah after the death of the fairness doctrine in the 80s that was literally the end of it all Here, i was taught in school that we still had the fairness doctrine why I don't know. They're like, yeah, we have to give equal. Maybe I was a little dumb idiot at 14. I think I also heard that. I was taught that 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 hasn't been a thing since the late 80s. That we still had to represent both sides with equal time. Or is it a different thing? But like, no, wait, I feel like I heard that as well as a youth. That is what I learned. That might be some <laughs> widespread misinformation. That hasn't been the law since the 80s. I was like, what the fuck? Well, also a fun thing about Fox News is that they bill themselves as fair and balanced news. <laughs> That's their like slogan. Yeah. Because what Fox News does is that they portray themselves as centrists. Don't much we all? Like, <laughs> much like this book. <laughs> If there's one thing I've learned from being your friend, it's that if someone says they're a centrist, it's a red flag. (laughs) Oh, my centrist grandfather just sent me an enormous series of emails about how climate change isn't real. So, you know. 
I stopped even doing that. I just say, well, I'm sorry you don't understand, but um, we're moving on. <laughs> yeah, no, because yeah, once, America, once we started like, getting into race theory, I was like, oh, okay. no. Um, <laughs> oh, no. no. Oh, no. Not the 1800s texts. No. A centrist is such a red flag because all of like our little labels are so far right in this country. Like even saying I'm a Democrat, it's like, okay, so you're a centrist and then centrists are right wing and then right wing. Also Democrats are conservatives. Like anyone who identifies as a liberal is a conservative inherently. Like liberalism is an inherently conservative ideology because it hinges on the preservation of capitalism. Disclaimer, most people are not aware of this. Like In the United States, the word liberal is used as just the opposite of Republican and therefore the only thing to the left of the Republicans. Yeah, we have a lot of issues with Because of that little fifth filter. Mm. We can't say things like socialist or communist, which are really the once like socialist is the the thing that's the first thing you get to when you're left of center. But because of the fifth filter, we cannot move left of center even a little in our national discourse. The Overton window is what that idea is called. Uh, And the barriers of our Overton window are firmly fixed on the line of anti-capitalism. I just rant over, please. (laughs) Just to bring it back into the third filter before we move on to flack, which I am so excited for. uh, And if if anyone else has anything else for this filter, please feel free to jump in. I just want to mention that it's not just the government that has interest in this. As you've said, it's businesses, but not just people that fund the news, also people that technically work for the news. I thought it really interesting when you talked about how experts and experts is always in quotes are just. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We basically commissioned and created experts. Which is yeah. And it reminds me about the <laughs> it reminds me about the anti-vax stuff, like the first anti-vax stuff, because there's an exact quote where he basically says they fund the think tanks, they pick the scientists, they say they're going to publish their views, and then they can base and since they already have the guarantee of a news organization that they're going to get coverage, they can kind of bank on the fact, bank on the fact that they're not going to be fact checked because they're in a newspaper. Yeah. And that's what happened with a lot of the anti-vax trials that, like, if I remember correctly, Colin, you might know more about this than me. Have you guys, uh, you guys ever heard of Sebastian V. Gorka? No. No. So my main man, Sebastian V. Gorka, it's lowercase v, by the way, that's important. Um, uh, what? Yeah, um, we'll get to that. Uh, so Sebastian V. Gorka was a Fox News counterterrorism expert. Um Ooh. For a, couple, <laughs> um, for a couple years, uh, he was never able to uh, provide evidence of his, uh, I think, master's degree um, because it was from uh, counterterrorism. Because oh, it's because it's from like an online Hungarian university. Um, but uh, <laughs> I mean, he, I he's he's uh, and he he went from the Fox News to Trump administration pipeline. He was a Trump oh, advisor for years. Oh no! In the White House, because the the consent manufacturing machine goes directly into how we perceive politics. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so we also see this with shows like just to get to be in office. 
we show what we also see this like um, it's a little different, but we see this uh, with uh, media like the West Wing, where uh, just dozens of people in the Obama administration talked about how the West Wing inspired them to get into politics. But the West Wing presupposes some fucking things about politics. I've never that seen are, it is very airbrushed. Um, well, the West Wing, the West Wing presuppose like to quote Aaron Sorkin in 2018. People used to say, thank God, when they saw the United States military. And Trump ruined that for us. What? No one said that. No Aaron one. Sorkin said that in the year of our Lord, 2018. I just don't feel like that changes anything. He also said uh, during the, uh, the writer's strike uh, in, oh God, 2008 maybe? Yeah. In, uh, like, in Los Angeles. Um, he said, if you're a good enough writer, you don't need a union. They pay you what you're worth. No. Um, so Aaron, it's, it's funny that he talks out loud. And he just clip off of Amy Sherman Palladino and now he thinks he can. <laughs> so Aaron has some, she invented him anyway. Uh, Aaron has some ideology. Um, and uh, that ideology is in like, the, is like the focal point of the piece of media that inspired like the wave of young Democrats that are currently in office. So that's another consent manufacturing thing. But to get back to uh, Sebastian, um, Sebastian is a member of a Hungarian, uh, allegedly is a member of a a, a Hungarian neo-Nazi order. And that's why he has a lowercase V in his name because they all have lowercase Vs in their names when they take the oath. Um, He... (laughs) Uh, and so, um, there is no evidence of his education other than he says so. Um, but because he says the things that Fox news, uh, knows will sell well to their audience and has a British accent. So nobody will question him. Um, he literally became a Trump administration official and is now back on Fox news by pitching himself as an counterterrorism expert. Yeah. As a fucking expert. He's literally some Nazi. Like, he's just some fucking guy. He's just some guy. You gave him a show, a news platform. Yeah. The other day, Sarah said, Anna, do you think if I went to law school, I could be a politician? And I said, honey, you don't have to. And I was like, damn, girl. You don't. You don't. I was like, that's ambitious of Anybody you. can be a politician. You want to know the law before I <laughs> Yeah, it's like, did. I genuinely think it's good that there aren't education requirements to be a politician because that does in the, our current education system, create a class barrier. But that being said, there is no competency requirement to be a competition because that would, uh, to be a politician, because that would be impossible to legislate. Yeah. yeah, Education and competency are two different things in our current. Exactly. You know, you don't need to necessarily have a degree to be a politician. And, and the exact opposite happens oftentimes when you have a degree. Yeah, but the fact that we even we don't even draw the line at neo Nazi, we're like, no, put them on it's the news, get them in the administration. Like, I mean, um, an, a, a great example of education not denoting competence is look at uh, Pete Buttigieg's climate plan that he just announced recently. Um, they, uh, yeah, he uh, he announced uh, that they are thinking about doing a uh, carbon tax based on miles driven. No, that's not fair. You'd think so, wouldn't you? That's not where based on, the like, what, based on individuals, like on yeah. how, like correct. Are we gonna yeah. do this for companies? How are you or do we, do we keep are, not taxing no, companies? No, that's not. You can't blame the consumer of the thing because that's the only thing that they have to get or, to work. It's not their because problem. the narrative that uh, litter actually um, 
is the fault of the consumer and not on the company that makes you don't disposable have another products. fucking option, then what do you do? What do you do? That is an of itself an idea of manufactured consent. That is uh, that was a campaign run by oil companies in the 80s was the idea that litter is your fault as a consumer and not the fault of the products that of, of the companies that make products designed to be disposable. When you make the individuals responsible for the problem, they're not going to question what and the group. <laughs> it becomes manufacture, uh, c- manufactured consent becomes cyclical because people who are so fucking propagandized then run for office. Mm-hmm. Thinking make, they're doing. Thinking they're doing the right thing. And Al, you're absolutely right. They make the propaganda into reality. Oh, it's like the mental gymnastics of a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> they just get started early and they're just, yeah, they start when they're two and then they're in splits by the time they're three. And before you know it, they're doing mm-hmm. full back handsprings and yeah. triple round offs right, right into fucking White House. Right into centrism. <laughs> <laughs> right into centrism, baby. Oh, fucking it's boy. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, frankly impressive. Oh, it truly is. <laughs> um, especially. I'm proud to be impressive. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's true. Oh, all right. That's that's that tangent. Yeah. So right. the third, the third one is um, news sourcing mass media news. Basically, what I got from that is we're going a lot to the official government sources, the cops, the people who are like supposed to be trustworthy sources, but we know because we're people that they're little liars and they will protect themselves and pitch it the way they want to. Yeah. And so then and- if you aren't listening to them uncritically. That's stupid. But then if you critique them, they won't invite you to the little press conference anymore. So guess you get no news. Yeah. And the book provides just example after example after example. Mm-hmm. Um, although uh, this is this is just a little short uh, story, but uh, 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 but uh, there's an episode, a great episode of the podcast, The Dollop, uh, where... Um, uh, they they did a Reagan series, cool. and toward the end of Reagan's presidency, uh, this is an example of media access being cut off in maybe the most literal way possible. Somebody asked Reagan about Iran Contra, <laughs> and this was after uh, in the press course of like a like a member during a press release, uh, a, a member of the media asked about Iran Contra, and uh, this was after Ronald's brain started to turn to oatmeal, um, <laughs> so. There was no telling what he would say. Right? Thanks for that, Colin. The press secretary lunged for the light switch and turned the lights out in the room. To prevent him from... And um, Ronald Reagan, sitting in a pitch black room, just said into the microphone, Looks like they're not gonna let me say that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. He is the man who admitted on camera and on microphone that he murdered all those people. What's his name? Oh, uh, Robert Durst. Oh, incredible. He Alex, he was wearing his mic and he's like, I've ki- killed them all, of course. This man's been living a lie for decades. Uh, Alex I- Jones admitted uh, to um, promising Julian Assange a job if he could, uh, or I'm sorry, promising Paul Manafort a job if Manafort could get him in contact with Julian Assange. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he admitted to that on air while drunk in 2018 for a Christmas special. Wow. Who are these people? Julian Assange is the WikiLeaks guy. Roger Stone is an enormous fucking criminal and a personal friend of Donald Trump. Uh, 
He also was like one of the major engineers of the Nixon campaign and Nixon fuckery. Like Roger Stone is one of the men who is responsible for the way that modern politics currently is. He's a seasoned political bastard who... And um, Julian Assange is like the notorious WikiLeaks guy. Is Roger and, Stone, I hate to keep getting us off track, but is Roger Stone the Nixon back tattoo guy? Correct. He's yep. the Nixon back tattoo. He's the big back tattoo of Nixon's face. No. He does. It's That's not that big, but so yeah. ugly. It's big enough. He was his campaign manager, right? Uh, he like worked that? for the campaign. He, yeah. um, But uh, he also uh, held Nixon as his personal father figure. <laughs> Daddy. Anyway. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so you d- 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 oh. <gasps> I'm sorry. <struggling. laughs> Sarah is appalled. Ah! Sarah is literally appalled <laughs> at the idea that someone would intentionally get a Richard Nixon You're back tattoo. You're going to tell me that's small? That's, that's really big. That's it's like, also really detailed. Yeah, yeah, that's the most jarring part. She was like, I want it perfect for when I look in the mirror, I can see Nixon's face. Get off. Okay, okay, okay. We're never gonna... He did. He is Finish getting this. off, actually. Yes, okay. What about the fourth? The fourth one. Flack. Okay. Flack. We've talked Flack. about Flack. Flack time. We have, y'all, we were supposed to do two chapters today. (laughs) Um, Flack, negative response to the media. Basically being canceled, but when it's bottom to top versus top to bottom, it's very different. Like, And by bottom, you mean like individual consumers versus like institutions and government? Yeah, like the way we see it today is individual consumers rallying together when they are offended, I have in air quotes, (laughs) by interests, like, by the depiction of interests from either the right or the left portrayed by media or portrayed by corporations. But for here, it's more like it's, I have lawsuits, lawsuits, petitions, (laughs) like removing resources. And a lot of it is like masqueraded as being nonprofit and nonpartisan. Like, I mean, a a great example of flack was when um, the Trump administration gutted the CDC. Yeah. After the CDC refused to obey Oh, where they like took control of? Uh, they 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 just like slashed funding every time like oh, anything it was, it happened. Was like there is a pandemic, and they're like, stop it. Mm-hmm. Which like mostly happened at budget appropriations beforehand, but then like another example of uh, no, that's just repression. Never mind. Anyway, continue. I have a quote for Flack on twenty six that relates sort of what you were saying about the CDC uh, in that. Mainly the big difference between flack as it was known in the 80s and sort of the reverse flack we think of now is that the ability to produce flack, and especially flack that is costly and threatening, is related to power. Serious flack has increased in close parallel with businesses' growing resentment of media criticism and the corporate offensive of the 1970s and 1980s. I mean, God, there was that Texas lawyer who sued um, the fracking company you know, the one fracking company uh, for poisoning his entire fucking town. Uh, and then uh, they, they should have never lived toward oil. <laughs> Can't live idiots. By that. Money. Um, they should have thought of, they should have thought of that before they lived near oil. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, corporations have their ways of silencing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the way that. See- I did see this bitchin' video, though, of this guy who lived near a corporate farm. Like, he made the legislators that passed the bill uh, promise to drink water from his land after it was installed. And then he brought it in. He's like, you want to drink this? And it was gray. It was thick and gray. And he's like, you said you would drink this. 
and all of the legislators just say the legislation actually doesn't have to answer any questions. We reserve our right not to respond in the affirmative or the negative. <laughs> anyway, sorry, you said that's a great video. <laughs> Anyway, you were saying, Colin. Oh, no, that's you summed it up better than I ever could. Um, but I think we've pretty much well, I think flack is one of the ones that's easier to understand. Mm-hmm. Is it? If, because I had a hard time when I was reading it. All right. Let's let's double down. Uh, I, mean, I, think I, I think I get it now that we've discussed it, but it was just that it's. It's like a very apparent thing that we see all the time, but to see someone talk about it so mm-hmm. astutely, it was a little confusing to try to yeah. identify it specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's literally reprisal. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and just even much. him saying like, yeah, and then flack happens, and then flack this, flack that. I was like, wait, what is flack though? Because he kind of just dived in, and I was like, I think I know what flack is, <laughs> but I, like, I think I know what the definition of that word is. No, once I got to the but, point where, like that quote that you read, Al, about... Um, hmm the producing flag, you need to have money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So it was another means of repression. Okay. Yeah. I just sort of, I'm, I could be wrong, but the way I've sort of just been thinking about it is uh, retaliation, that, that corporate retaliation that attacks the money, but masks itself as being moralizing or being uh, ideologically opposed. It's okay. about the money. And it's about removing someone from power. But I could be wrong, but that's just what I'm reading from a lot of this, especially when it talks about like nonprofits that open to uh, oversee the media to make sure that it's family friendly. Like he mentions, I think at one point, like basically Christian (laughs) censorship organization that claims to be nonprofit and nonpartisan. (laughs) (laughs) I'll find the exact one, but those are always my favorite, actually. The the no, the nonpartisan Christians. Ugh, Christians do be nonpartisan though. You can't be a Christian and not be nonpartisan. There are leftist Christians. They do oh. exist. They do, but are they the ones in the watchdog groups? No, no, they're not. The Heritage Foundation would like a word with you. <laughs> oh, here, here it is. Uh, the have the quote. The Center for Media and Public Affairs, run by Linda and Robert Lichter, came into existence in the mid 1980s as a nonprofit, nonpartisan research institute with warm accolades from Patrick Buchanan, Faith Whittlesley, and Ronald Reagan himself, who recognized the need for an objective and fair press. Okay. <gasps> also, is that L I C T O R Lichter? Yep. Oh, no, it's L-I-C-H-T-E-R. Much worse. (laughs) Actually, it's not, though, because I was like, are they named after, like, the bodyguards of Roman emperors? Oh. No? Okay. No, still sketchy. But, yeah, just that was the example that came to mind. Mm -hmm. All right, on to point five. Anti-communism. Let's get it. Anti-fucking-communism. The one thing I have written down is the joke he makes in the first sentence. What does it make? Well, you know how the Communist Manifesto starts, right? Yes, 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 yes. There is a specter haunting Europe. And his first sentence is, Communism as the ultimate evil has always been the specter haunting property owners. I think that's <laughs> I, Yeah, I underline yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at that. <laughs> I didn't even know that the Communist Manifesto started that way, and I found it funny. So yeah. <laughs> that's only the first sentence. Because he's like, everyone's scared of spooky communism. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just have, uh, yeah, it for this anti-communism by painting everything left of Benito Mussolini as uh, communists. 
Um, it shifts the Overton window right, creating a leftward wall. Uh, it fractures, this is an exact quote, it fractures left-wing movements as more uh, centrist Dems frantically try to distance themselves from dangerous socialists. And it uh, keeps leftists on the defensive, which is true. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders, when he ran for president, constantly had to explain what socialism was and why it's good, actually, uh, instead of actually like doing other things or attacking the other people who were running, which he didn't do on principle because he's a nice person also. But like, you know, he was constantly to try to catch the rest of the United States up with a basic like political understanding. That also happens low level too. Whenever I have a conversation with someone that I feel like I have opposing views with, they're like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go to Wikipedia and do some Googling real quick because we need to be on the same page. We need to understand this definition. Socialism is when the government does stuff. Uh, and it's when, not actually, so I don't know how you would say that. But. And, when, and when the government does stuff, the more socialist it becomes. And if the government does a whole lot of stuff, it's communism. <laughs> yeah, like the wackiest thing it's pretty much when I first heard it explained, like, oh, look at basically all these socialist programs we already have in the country that if they were pitched today... People would lose libraries, like libraries, school lunches, roads, roads, firefighters, like God forbid. Well, to be fair, look at the five day work week. Sorry. It's okay to have, you know, to take care of yourself as a country. We need a little self-care. What's so to be fair, <laughs> our firefighters were not always um, socialized. Mm-hmm. And I, I prefer the old method, actually, uh, which was where uh, firefighters uh, were private companies um, that worked hand in hand with street gangs. Um, mm. And uh, they would essentially terrorize the neighborhoods that they were supposed to put fires out in, uh, including uh, one thing uh, referred to as a barrel man or sometimes as a bottom, uh, which was just the biggest man who was the best at fighting, who would uh, run into uh, a neighborhood uh, and put a barrel over the fire hydrant near a building and fight off all of the other barrel men from the other fire departments. Um and then if you hadn't paid your protection money, they would simply uh, take things from out of your burning house. <laughs> they what? wouldn't. Yep. <laughs> the best part is that they would then charge your neighbors a fee to, uh, to prevent the fire from spreading. <laughs> You're right. We should bring that back. <laughs> um, so that was, wins. that was when firefighters were private corporations in the 1800s. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. Which wow. is a deeply funny, uh, deeply funny and cursed time. Goodness gracious. I am so glad that I don't live in that time. <laughs> you think you're not out, fist fight, out in fisticuffs with the barrel band? Me yeah. too. <laughs> small women, I know. <laughs> Looks like you're a dollar fifty short on this month's protection money, Miss Lenares. You better cough it up with interest or kiss that little home of yours goodbye. Like... <laughs> calling the police. Damn it, I can't trust them either. Fuck! No, in the 1800s, they were worse, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I know we're not, we're not getting into chapter two. It's just not going to happen right yeah, now. I don't no. think it is. When I realized... When I was in scholarly journal Wikipedia, and I realized like the murder of oh, no. Archbishop Romero, oh. and we let it slide because Red mm-hmm. Scare... That that was also part of it. I, I was like, why are why do we care so much about El Salvador? I was like, why are we fucking in El Salvador? And then it's just okay. Well, first of all, <laughs> the oh, US means it's me little kidding. paws everywhere. No, basically, anytime the U.S. is somewhere, I'm like, get out, stop it. It's very interesting. And it's always 
What is communism? And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, we'll get into it more when we cover the chapter next time. But I want (laughs) to agree. The entire Archbishop Romero section literally made me so angry. I literally cannot tell you how I had to put the paper down because I feel like this shaped the POV of so many of my family members, (laughs) people that I know personally. Really? yeah, my dad's from El Salvador, so I... Well, there you go. They're talking about these things and, like, these things of violence and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there was the Civil War and the military... That they were in El Salvador for. my dad was like, yeah, my mom, you know, got caught in the crossfires of the people. Like, oh, yeah. They were like, we need to borrow your car. She was like, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, very directly linked. Um, excited <laughs> to talk about that. <laughs> well, damn. Yeah, Anything we want to wrap up this chapter with? <laughs> Oh, just... Hey, why are we so afraid of communism? Why are we afraid of communism? Why do we, we want to help? Because our entire system is based on the exploitation of the lower class. Well, yeah, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia says that anti-communism replaced the war on Twitter, the war on terror as yeah. major social control mechanism. And you said, Colin, that you don't think that anti-communism rhetoric is as popular as it used to be. I think that in the last five years, it has weakened okay. as we're starting to see left-wing movements really gain inertia in the United States because like, the anti-communism rhetoric is only so effective when literally everything is broken. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like when really clearly, if you've been paying attention, especially this last year, like mm-hmm. you see your government failing you on every level. Like if you are open yeah. to that, when like, you're you have constantly, to they're really wrong. When you're constantly squealing about how communism is bad, and then the system you give as an alternative is just like a stick of dynamite. <laughs> like it's, we've seen enough to know what we have doesn't work, so people are more open to finally discussing. What do you think will be the next like I mean, major think- social control mechanism? I guess is what I was. Well, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I will say about anti-communism is that fascist groups, in order to fly under the radar, always brand themselves first as anti-communist groups. Because everyone can get on board there. That is, yeah. that is the rule. The operating procedure of every fascist street militia is they operate first and foremost as an anti-communist group. From the black shirts to the brown shirts to the proud boys, always, first and foremost, they are anti-communists. Mm-hmm. Because that ideology is essentially state-sanctioned. Like, in in, uh, the book I'm reading about Nestor Machno, one of the things that was fucking alarming to me was in 1919 to 1921, during the uh, the war, when the Russian Revolution spilled into Ukraine and the White Army fought the Red Army in Ukraine, the White Army, the Russian monarchists, were reinforced by German, French, and British troops. A year after World War I ended... They were fighting side by side to prevent the communists from gaining a foothold in Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. Everyone really comes out of the woodworks for communism, for anti-communism efforts. Sarah, I actually think, and and your question of what do we think the next social control mechanism or like sort of manufacturing consent, uh, subconscious censoring thing. My initial gut reaction was that we're already seeing a little bit of it in like an anti-sensitivity culture. Like, it's not called that, 
But like snowflake culture is basically saying if you get if you feel empathy for people in a bad situation and get upset when you don't have a right to, then like you're uh, a snowflake. You are not to be taken seriously. I have a hot take here. Oh, you want to hear me? uh, This book talks about how the methods of control vary and sometimes come head to head when the oligarchs disagree on something. And so I think we see both because we see a lot of identity politics because uh, in America, identity politics, uh, the focus on uh, race and gender and sexuality, it's great that we're making strides in those regards, but the way that we approach them has been completely alienated from class and race and class are inextricably tied as we all know. So one of my favorite things is, you know, we just put a Raytheon executive as our uh, defense secretary. Like the Biden. Oh, it's a huge defense company, a.k.a. we make big, bad weapons. um, uh, Missiles. They make missiles specifically. Um, And so the the guy who makes money when we fire missiles is the secretary of defense. No, 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 no. It's no. not for me. Not it. Uh, no. no. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? No, you're no. fucking. Well, lying. he's not currently sitting as a Raytheon board member, but he but still he was. He was until a few I months ago. I can't. I can't. Until a few months ago. Um, um, but he. Uh, to to conclude my point, um, he is a man of color. Yeah. Um, you cannot ask questions because you can. You can at once target people for being too sensitive on the right. And if you're on the left, you can accuse someone of class reductionism, which sometimes that is a valid criticism, but you can accuse someone of being a racist. Wow, that's a very astute observation, Colin. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're seeing that a lot with like- Girl boss culture. Kamala. They're like appointing all this like diverse, like looks diverse. Racially diverse, ideologically. They have bad ideas. (laughs) I know. the yeah. girl boss Pamela Harris like k- propaganda campaign because that's what it is. The girl boss campaign, not the girl boss movement. She's the cop boss. Inventing that stupid word, <laughs> I hate. She she I fully know. imprisoned trans women in men's prisons. Yeah, yeah. like and I threatened homeless women with imprisonment because their children couldn't get to school because they were houseless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was all her her work in California, and then everyone's and like, like, "Yes, girl, run!" <laughs> and I will. It's it's um like racially diverse, but ideologically hegemonic. Yeah, and, and that like, is the Democratic Party and diversity. That's not what we mean. You're like, but that that's not enough. Is the thing? Yeah, it's not um, enough. Also, I recently learned that the Department of Defense was not always called that. It used to be called, say it with me, the, de- the Department of War. They realized that looked mm. bad. Consent so manufacturing. made it the opposite. Yeah. They're like, no, it's defense. We're not getting a divorce. We're defending you. We're not getting We're a divorce is what I heard. And I'll, and, I'll say the, and I'll say this for the old days. As racist and hideous as they were, they were honest. See, there's something admirable about that. You know, yeah. not even admirable, just like, okay, at least we're all in the same fucking- And I will say, America uses anti-communism to justify its imperialism in the same way that the British Empire used racism. Mm. Because to the Brits, 
Uh, well, they simply can't govern themselves. We must govern them for we are superior. And uh, that argument was made by Boris Johnson four years ago. Like um, he said, actually, uh, it, it was a little longer than four years. It was like a decade. But Boris Johnson uh, has it's been tune. on tape <laughs> saying that African countries are struggling because they're not ruled by England. Um, wow. Has Boris Johnson ever looked in the mirror? That's, uh, <laughs> that's every time I see a photo of him, when he, I no, he does that on purpose. Time, yeah, no, it is. I couldn't believe that he was the prime. I was like, "What? Are you kidding me?" And that, that is something he does on purpose. He looks like shit, so we get caught up in that. And oh, this silly old man, and ignore the fact that he is lovingly reciting lyrics about colonialism in Mandalay. I mean, you can't look like, past that. It's just another add-on to yeah, the no. to the absolute fuckery. That well, like, is. he dresses like a silly wanker so that uh, you won't recognize... You're like, oh, Boris, you're such a silly fellow. Surely you didn't mean to say that uh, Hitler had some you're good not points. a white supremacist who's an actual threat to <laughs> the world and the mm. nation. In other news, he is having a marriage scandal right now, which ha 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 ha. Oh, but well, like, um, also in this book, uh, it does talk about how um, news prioritizes scandals because they're low stakes ideologically. Low stakes, high audience retention. Mm, yeah. yeah. Because it's yeah. A, a clear yeah. and easy narrative and we as humans love a good story. Mm -hmm. um, also, one of the ways in which uh, consent is manufactured is uh, you can talk about systems if guys, if our client state did it, which I meant to bring this up earlier, but I love the mention of the term client state mm -hmm. because the United States is essentially the world's largest arms dealer. Yeah. We are the largest manufacturer of weapons on earth. Don't even talk to me about the mishandling of the Jamal Khashoggi case just because... Because we we're sell selling so a shitload of weapons to, to Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is another uh, example. A, a uh, Turkish uh, journalist was butchered Murdered. on the orders of Mohammed bin Salman, uh, the prince of Saudi Arabia, um, like two years ago. Yeah. And he was like obviously and horrifically murdered. And nothing happened about it because nothing happens in the international community without the United States to say so. And the United States has far too many uh, lucrative arms contracts with Saudi Arabia to do anything about it. Trump almost like point blank said, we make too many deals with them. To, <laughs> he almost said it like verbatim. Well, Al, he's a businessman. Mm -hmm. Well, is, it's business. I'm starting to think no one's seen the first five minutes of Iron Man. Maybe right. <laughs> realize we should stop doing the weapons. Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. I've never seen Iron Man. I don't plan on it. Well, Tony Jeff Stark builds weapons to the bad guys, and then it turns on him, and he goes, "Uh oh, that's his origin story." Yes. Oh, Tony Stark's origin story is that he's a weapons dealer, and yeah. then he gets kidnapped by vague Middle Eastern terrorists and they try to make him build a super weapon and then he escapes and then surprise, surprise, somebody steals his technology and uses it on him and he goes, oh, maybe it's bad. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> sell weapons. Now, don't get me wrong. They never criticize the fact that he made uh, all of his money with the blood of brown people. So I guess that was just my takeaway. Um, <laughs> like, like the movie never weird. addresses that Tony Stark is, as a matter of fact, literally building his mansions with the bones of Afghan children. He's the sassy one. 
But excuse you, Colin. (laughs) And that is consent manufactured. Marvel Marvel movies. Um, the fact that Michael Bay makes that. army propaganda. Yeah. 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 It hurts me deeply. What I thought um, about everything gets like the go ahead by our military and gets like military funding so they can use the cool planes and stuff. I saw a TikTok of a girl discovering that the other day and I was like, I'm so sorry, girl. The that fact that it. Thanos low key isn't like the, the fact that Thanos has utilitarian a utilitarian socialist. No, he's a, like, he's an eco-fascist. Yeah, but, but he's um, like, you tell but, no, Well, he's dumb, but like the no, fact that they gave Thanos a vaguely environmental like, motivation. Object, motivation. What do you mean? He wants Thanos, to wipe Thanos, out. Thanos, Thanos wipes out all of, uh, like half of life in the universe. Exactly. Because, of, because there's a uh, resource, because of finite, because an infinite growth model is unsustainable no, in, a, in no. a universe with finite resources. No. It's overpopulation. <laughs> and so he, uh, they literally do the like Keynesian overpopulation eco-fascist theory um, and have a Marvel villain. But instead of saying, hey, maybe we could just do like not capitalism and this would be fixed. Uh, instead, uh, they murder Thanos. Mm. Yeah. Which, like, don't get me wrong, eco-fascists um, are fascists. Still fascists. And we know how we feel about them. But but he's a couple um, sentences and tweaks away from just wanting to redistribute vaguely, the resources. He has a vaguely environmentalist motivation. And don't get me wrong, the thing with manufacturing consent is that it leads to a lot of finger-pointing. Because large systemic problems like this sound a lot like conspiracy theories. As I was reading it, I was like, if I was to give this text to someone who had a very different POV than me, I would need so much more elaboration on Mm -hmm. just things where he was saying, and the media did not report and blah, 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 blah. Like he would need so much. This book would need to be about four times longer. It would need to, so that, because they, they couldn't, or they're not in that brain space to make that mental leap and be like, yes, yes, yes. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. We have it. We have. They're not already onto it. We have so then they're not systemic ready. issues going on. Yeah. There's a lot of room, and that's the hard part: is you can never explain enough for someone to go. Well, um, can you prove that? Actually, um, I'm going to need evidence to say that uh, the, the the mainstream news did not, in fact, report uh, Benjamin death. Like, like Benjamin, know, get out of here. There's <laughs> like you can never go into enough detail. I will or, say. Yeah. I, go for it. Just because. Like you said, my first instinct was also, oh, if you're not a little bit leftist already, this reads as like a conspiracy theory. But I do feel like one of the first like correct conspiracy theories that I like acknowledged as a youth was like, oh yeah, the media is controlled by the government. And conspiracies Uh, do happen. Yeah, like they do. The Chicago Police Department gunned down Fred Hampton in his apartment with machine guns given to them by the FBI. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Also, I'm going to just say it. We all know that cocaine was distributed by the CIA, right? Yeah. It's, it's a known fact. Yeah. You know, we know that. Uh, the CIA did a little bit of an oopsie in the 80s and uh, manufactured a drug problem so that then we could police it. Exactly. Uh, Anyway, uh, to close out, <laughs> first chapter of manufacturing. We got, said, we got <laughs> through really, to chapter one. Truth <laughs> is manufacturing. In our defense, chapter one in the introduction took like four hours of listening time. At so this rate, to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. At uh, this rate, we're going to have to do four episodes for chapters one and two. Uh, anyway, I am your co-host, Allison Gropey. You can find me online at Instagram at al.grows. 
Thank you so much to our lovely guests. Do you want to drop your handles? Sure. I am once again, Anna McGarry at Anna McSnail anywhere. You can listen to my podcast about art. Collins it's a great it. fucking podcast. Everyone dude. in this room's bad. Yeah, we've all been on it. Um, Sarah a bunch of times because I live with her. Yeah. Um, it's called Anna McGarry Knows Everything. You can find it. Spotify. It's true. Don't pack. It is true. Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Lincoln Bio. It's funny because I live with Dylan and I can't get that motherfucker on this podcast to save my life. <laughs> He's too um, busy um, slandering Meryl Streep. He is, truly. He is too busy uh, broadcasting his incredibly hot takes about Meryl Streep. It's so funny how bad it is. Anyway. He got death threats. He got a lot of death threats about it. One of them was from me. I'll say it. <laughs> oh, Anna sent him, a uh, like, broadcasted a tweet, the first several words of which were, Dylan, you little freak. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, Mamma Mia, can you blame me? We watched Mamma Mia 2, but we'll watch the first one. No, his, his hot take was, and I quote, I've seen Mamma Mia 2. It was very enjoyable. I have no interest in seeing the first. Um, <laughs> I have no interest. Public pressure is important. Sarah, take it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah Lenars. You can find me at Sarah6 on Instagram. You can follow me, find me at Tweetsbabe on Twitter. You can Google my blog, everyone knows but her.blogspot.com for all of my hot takes. Um, sometimes there's an essay. Sometimes She's got some hot fucking takes on there. E, there are very hot takes. It's a great so, blog. A minimum of four swear words so my mom can read it. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that's it. And Colin, what's your name? Uh, I'm Colin Orton, two L's in Colin. Uh, you can find me by that name on most social medias. And you can follow this podcast at Leftist Lip Pod on uh, Twitter. And uh, send us your hate mail at gettinginformedpod at gmail.com. Uh, like, smash that motherfucking subscribe button. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us next week for chapter two, Worthy and Unworthy Victims, where we discuss the level of importance that the news media places on different groups of people.